What's going on, Thrive Church family? We're so grateful you're tuning into this week's podcast. We pray this message will bless you in the same way it has blessed our house this past Sunday. All right. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Good stuff. Good morning, 11 o'clock. How are you? Good? Good? Great weather this week? Loving it? Man, first service was off the hook, and I just believe that this second experience is going to be, uh, it's just going to kind of roll over into this. But before we go ahead and go right into the message, I want to do this. Can we welcome everyone watching online this morning? Come on, let's thank them for watching online. We love you. Bummed you couldn't be in the room, but excited to have you watching with us. And even right now, if you're on Facebook, if you have a Facebook, YouTube, go ahead and share this service. I believe that God is doing some amazing things at our church. And you never know who's hanging out at home that's just chilling and needs to hear this message. You never know who uh, God can touch with just one invite. And that's either inviting them to church or online or whatever the case may be. And so if you want to share this message online, that would be awesome. And just so excited for what God is doing. All right, so we're going to go ahead and go right into the message I'm excited to share. And so let's go ahead and stand on our feet. Come on, let's all stand on our feet one more time. We do this every week where we stand for the word. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the book of Exodus. We're going to go to the book of Exodus. And I'm, I'm just so excited. I had a message planned. And just this morning felt like the Holy Spirit tell me to change my message to a different message. And so we're going to just kind of go with it. And I just believe that God's kind of speaking through it. I know uh, this morning God already hit the room. And I believe he's just going to hit the room one more time. Does that sound good? That sound good. All right. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And it says this. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Everybody say fire. Fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Verse 3. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned to see, God called him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Verse five. And then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Come on, family, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you for what you're doing at our church. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would move and you would speak in a real way that I would get out of the way and that hearts and minds would be open to what you have to say to us this morning. We love you, we thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Go ahead, go ahead and have a seat. All right. And so today, what I wanna talk to you about is we're gonna talk about the fire of the Holy Spirit today. We're gonna talk about the fire of the Holy Ghost. Last week, Pastor Dylan talked about the water of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is like water in Scripture and today. And you're going to realize this as we've been through this Holy Spirit series, that the Holy Spirit has multiple different dimensions and facets to it. And today I want to teach you a little and introduce you to the Holy Spirit who is like fire. The Holy Ghost who is like fire. And really kind of the main statement of the message and the conversation today that I feel like God is speaking to us as a church and as a people that are trying to follow Him is this. Go ahead and go to that first statement, which is we need the fire of the Holy Ghost again. Right? Now, I don't know if you grew up in a Holy Spirit church, but I did. And I, and I know, I remember experiencing the fire of the presence of God when I was younger. And it changed my life forever. And I believe now more than ever before today, in this day and age, and this culture, in this time frame, you and I, we need to get on fire for Jesus. I believe the days of just being lukewarm and wishy-washy are over. I believe that for God to 
Go ahead and do all that he wants to do through your life. And for Jesus to move in the way he wants to move through your life is we got to allow the Holy Spirit to light our hearts on fire once again. We have to. And this is something that is real, and we find this throughout Scripture. And for me, this is actually like a real personal message for me. This particular passage that I'm preaching out of today, Exodus chapter 3, is the first passage ever preached out of when I was a young teenager. I remember I was 15 years old. I was an intern at a church um, around here. And I remember my youth pastor, who, he was awesome. He, 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 uh, he was a great leader, great youth pastor, called me one day. And I was like, hey, Chris, I think it was like on a Wednesday at 12 o'clock. He was like, hey, Chris, you're preaching tonight. And I said, bet, let's go. Because if you knew anything about me, I was intense as a 15-year-old. I was intense. Does anybody here remember me at 15? Does anybody? Okay, like four, five, six. Yeah, you guys do for sure. Pastor Ed was one of my Bible college teachers. I, dude, I was weird. I was intense. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to so desperately love Jesus and I wanted to learn how to pray that I took my bed out of my bedroom because I didn't want to fall asleep while praying. Like that's who I was. You think I'm intense now for some of you that have been visiting and have been checking out our church? You think I'm intense now? No way. I was way more intense when I was 15 years old. My youth pastor calls me and I don't know why they would let a 15 year old be an intern at a Bible college, but hey, they let me do it. And he said, hey, you're going to preach tonight. And I was like, I've been ready. I got a message ready to go. I remember preached that night, smaller youth group, about 50, 60 kids. It was growing. And I don't know what happened, but it was like the fire of God came out of my mouth. It was so intense. Everyone was just like on the floor. It was a lot of fun. It was cool. Cool times. Cool times. But for me, I have a history with this. And you're going to learn this, that there's going to be things that God reveals to you and shows to you, certain words and certain phrases like joy or peace or grace or whatever. And, and you begin to have a history with God in these specific words and the way that God would speak to you. And, and God begin to move in your life. And so for me, I've always had a history with this word fire. This is something that God has done in me in a real way. And I believe that in this season, God is calling our church to be on fire again. That God is calling you to be passionate again. That God is calling you to love him like never before in your life. That maybe if you used to be on fire, I feel like God telling you this morning that God wants to get you on fire once again. That God wants to burn in your heart once again. That God wants to speak to you and show you that he is real once again. And there is something significant that happens, not just when a person, but when a church catches on fire. Because family, the world is not looking for another religious service. They're not looking for something that's just going to be fake. They're not, gonna, they're not looking for something that is shallow. I believe that fire, when it comes and it hits your heart, the fire of the Holy Spirit, when it becomes real in your life, everything begins to change. I've experienced this in my life. I was so in love with fire that I bought a Bible. And what I did is I looked up every scripture with the word fire in it. There's over like 400, 500 of them. And I highlighted every single scripture with the word fire. And that's what I would read for like a couple years. I don't know where, and I think I gave it away. I'm kind of bummed. I wish I gave it to Zadok. And that's how I used to study. So I would read again and again and again, this, any scripture with the word fire. And what you're going to notice in the Bible is actually there are so many times in scripture where God is connected to fire. And I think for those that are newer to Christianity, like for me, I remember when I was newer to Christianity, I was kind of like, 
I don't know what's going on. Nothing really made sense. Like I, I was saying this to, uh, I was preaching in Fremont. I was preaching in the Bay Area this weekend. And I was telling, I was preaching to young people. And I was like, man, I was so unsaved. I was so unchristian. I was so new to this thing that I didn't even know where Genesis was. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember when they first got saved or they first met Jesus? And you have, to, you have to go to the table of contents for everything. Genesis is the first book in the Bible and I had to go to the table of contents. I had no idea about anything. No idea about anything. But God did something so real and deep in me that transformed my life forever. He really did. At 12 years old, I met Jesus in my bedroom. Not physically, but I had a moment with God where God, he spoke to my heart and transformed my life. And it was from that moment on, I'm telling you right now, that I was on fire. And I have never stopped burning since. Have never stopped burning since. I would read through these passages of scripture. And what you find is when you begin to learn about Jesus in scripture and the Bible, that he is often related to fire. And I think we think that like God is like nice and he's not on fire. And we think of the devil and he's on fire. But can I tell you that the devil's fire has nothing on Jesus's fire. Actually, I believe that the devil is just mimicking what God is already having. That, that hell fire is a mimic, is a copy, because the devil can't create anything on his own. He is mimicking what's in heaven right now. And you find this, right? I'll just give you a couple passages where the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that God is an all-consuming fire. That's how, that's how God is explained in the book of Hebrews, is he is an all-consuming fire. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that Jesus, right? How many know Jesus in the room? Hopefully, like, there's more than five people that raised their hand. Okay, thank you. I don't know if y'all are still recovering from 4th of July like Pastor Ben said, but I'm gonna need you to shout me down on this one. I'm just saying. Yup, you're gonna need to talk back a little. Okay, good, good. Just wanna make sure you're awake. Jesus, the Jesus you and I serve and love right now, he is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God, on the throne, and his eyes, John the, John the Beloved says, his eyes are like fire. That's what Jesus, his eyes, if you would look at his eyes physically, that's what it says in Revelation, is his eyes are on fire. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says that the Holy Spirit came, and he came and sat on the people, right? He rested on them, the Holy Spirit, as in a ball or a tongue of fire on their head. The Holy Spirit is fire. Jesus, his eyes are fire. God is fire. God appears to Moses in a burning bush like fire. Jesus baptizes us in the book of Matthew like fire, right? Jesus says this. John the Baptist says, I baptize you in water, but there's one coming that will baptize you in? Fire. Awesome. God in, in first Kings, Elijah's on a mountain and he's going against all these other gods and all these other idols. And this is what it says. It says that the God that answers by fire. fire is the real God. And the Bible says on a mountain, God shows up and lights everything on fire. In Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1, 2, and 3, Ezekiel's a prophet, and he has an encounter with angels that are on fire. Isaiah has an encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6, and in the throne room, there are angels in the throne that are on fire. Daniel has an encounter with God, and sees God standing and sitting on his throne. And in the book of Daniel, it says that God's throne, the thing that God sits on, is on fire fire. Israel, as they were led through the wilderness in Deuteronomy and Numbers, it would say that the Holy Spirit would lead them as a cloud during the day and as 
fire at night. A massive tower of fire that's leading three million people out of the wilderness. David, in the book of Psalms, would sing about God and he was a God that's like fire. That fire would come out of his mouth and that he would be in love with his people. And my favorite, my favorite. In Luke 10, Jesus just came back from raising from the dead. In the book of Luke, Jesus, at the end of the book of Luke, Luke, I think 23, 24, and it says that two men were walking with Jesus and that Jesus, out of nowhere, began to tell them who he was and then he disappeared and the men responded, weren't our hearts burning on fire when we were talking about him? I want you to understand this, that if you're a son and a daughter to Jesus, fire is your inheritance. I want you to understand that God is looking not for people to just kind of be in and out, but God is wanting you to be on fire for him because he is fire. And when you touch fire, you can't help, you can't help but get on fire as well. You can't help for the fire of God to be around God, for God to do something real and significant and burning in your life. So family, we need the fire of God again in our day and age. We need to allow Jesus to do something deep and real in our life and in our heart. And you find this in the book of Exodus, in chapter 3, right? Exodus, or Moses has this crazy encounter with God, where literally God is speaking through a burning bush. Now, I don't know about you, but the Bible says that Moses was working for his father-in-law for 40 years. Now, I have an amazing father-in-law, but that's kind of rough. Let's just be real. I don't know if you want to work for your father-in-law. Not only was he working for his father-in-law, the Bible says he was working for his father-in-law taking care of sheep. And I don't know if you ever took care of animals. I barely like puppies. You ain't going to catch me out in the wilderness taking care of sheep. You ain't going to catch me out in the wilderness altogether. I hate the heat. Thank God he brought me to 2023 where there's air conditioning. Come on now. And the Bible says that Moses is working. And what you have to understand about Moses is Moses, the story of Moses, right? Just give you a little bit of ESPN highlights of Exodus chapter 3. Moses is a slave. He was saved out of slavery. Literally, what they were trying to do is the nation of Egypt was trying to kill every Israelite boy, essentially aborting them, killing them, so that way they were scared of the nation of Israel coming against the nation of Egypt. Moses gets saved out of that massacre. Thousands of babies die. Moses gets delivered because God one day was going to raise him up as a deliverer. See, what you need to understand is that the things God saved you from is not just for you. The things that God rescued you from is not just for you. God rescued you from something because he's going to use your life to rescue people out of that darkness as well. Moses gets delivered. He is a slave in skin color but he is a king now in his heart and his mind because he was raised in the palace. Moses ends up killing an Egyptian on accident because he was beating another Israeli. And so he gets sent to the wilderness. 40 years, he was raised in the palace. And now Moses is 80 years old, working for his father-in-law in the wilderness. He's an exile. He used to be a prince and he used to be a slave. Moses has done it all. He has done all these things. He's already lived his life. But God decides to find Moses at this random time. He decides to call Moses while he's just working on a Tuesday. Because that's what God does is that God will take your ordinary boring life and do something miraculous out of it. 
God will take something that we would never think he can use and he would do something special. And the Bible says that Moses was out there in the wilderness with his sheep. And I love this. It says that there was a bush that caught on fire. And I want you to understand this. At that time, in the wilderness, right, that area, bushes caught on fire all the time. It wasn't a miracle that bushes caught on fire. I think we think, wow, like everything's just kind of dry and everything's kind of chill. And, and then, oh my gosh, this big old fire happened. No, no, no. Bushes caught on fire all the time in that area. The miracle was not that the bush caught on fire. The miracle was that the bush stayed on fire. Oh, see, some of y'all didn't hear me. See, God's not interested in you catching fire. God's interested in you staying on fire. Because we got a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers and a lot of leaders, and we've met a lot of Christians who know how to catch fire, but God's more interested in you staying on fire. The miracle is not that at 12 years old, God met me in my bedroom. The miracle is that 18 years later this August, I'm still burning after Jesus like I've never burned before. God is more interested in you being baptized in fire for years to come and not just on Sundays when you feel like it. Because when you touch fire, it consumes every part of you. When you touch fire, it touches your mind, your heart, your spirit. It begins to take over you completely. You begin to look different. You begin to sound different. You begin to act different. Why? Because when you get a hold of the fire of God, everything begins to change. Because he's not interested in touching some of you. He's going to consume all of you. And family, we got way too many people who are passionate for God on Sunday, but then they get watered down on Monday with the weight of this world and the sin of their life and the issues of their culture. And I came to tell you that God wants to deliver us and heal us of roller coaster Christianity that has us one way and not another way. God wants you to burn for him at Sunday in conference the same way that he wants you to burn for him while you're doing the laundry, while you're taking your kids to school, while you're putting your kids to bed, while you're on the way to work, when you're doing your homework, whatever you would do, would you burn for Jesus why? Because God burns for you. And I, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I want to love God more than I did when I was first a young person. I want to I love Jesus just as much when I was 15. I want to burn for God in the secret things of my life. I want God to have all of me and not just some of me. I want, to burn, I, want to burn, I want to be more in love with Jesus when I'm 60, 70 than I am even now. And fire, you can tell. Come on. I love what Leonard Ravenhill says. You don't have to advertise a fire. Right? Come on. You just know when it's right. There's smoke. You don't have to advertise a fire. I, I, I've, I always find it interesting. And, and if this is you, I promise, I didn't think of this. This is just kind of random. It wasn't like, ooh, I'm thinking of this person because they need to hear this this Sunday. No, I don't, I don't message prep like that. I've always found it interesting when people try to prove to me how Christian they are. Like, you ever met someone who tries to prove how just good they are at anything and then you realize they're trash? <laughs> right? Like, I'm, well, my... My, my, my baking's fire. My baking's so good. You got, you got to try my cupcakes. And then you try their cupcakes and you're like, girl, you need to go back in the kitchen. 
You know what I'm saying? Or like, man, like I, as, a, as a dude thing, I'm like, yeah, man, I can hoop. I'm a ball. Like someone just talk about how dope they are at basketball. You put them on the court and they're trash. They just airballing. They're slipping all over the place. I've always found it interesting when people have to make themselves better than what they actually are. And it's because there's an insecurity in their heart that they haven't allowed the Lord to heal. And it's the same thing with Christianity. I, I, I have some interesting conversations as a pastor. And I don't go around saying, hello, my name is Pastor Chris. Like, I don't. I'm like, hey, my name is Chris. I just, if I'm at the gym, we don't have to talk about why you haven't been at church for six weeks, okay? I'm good. But that's what happens. You should see the conversations I have at Target. I'm just like, bro, I'm just trying to get milk. <laughs> and they're like confessing their sin. And I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on this, bro. I promise, I'm just struggling, Pastor Chris. I'm like, that's okay. Like get in a group. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just Chris. But I, I love Jesus and I'm on fire. And I'm just Chris. And they come and they're trying to, or they're trying to tell me everything that they've done for Christianity and Jesus. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to go home and hang out with my kids. Like, I don't go home thinking, man, that person is so amazing. I'm thinking, man, what does this person have to prove, right? What does this person have to prove? And what it is, is we try to show people a fake fire instead of just being on fire. And I don't want my fire to be something I've made. I want the fire of God to burn in my heart. And when the fire of God burns in your heart, people can notice. Moses turned because the bush stayed on fire. And in a generation that is so caught up with hype and spiritual moments and we're spiritual junkies from conference to conference and camp to camp and religious experience to religious experience and we just want to feel good. God's trying to save us from that and saying, I want to burn with you always. I want to burn with you when you don't feel it. I want you to burn with me when you don't feel it. I want to burn with you even when you're going through it. I want to burn with you when you're in your bedroom. I want to burn with you on the way to work. I want to burn in your family. I want to burn with your kids. I want you to catch on fire. I need you to catch the fire again. I know it's been weak. And I know your fires dwindled a little. I know some people have been throwing some sand or maybe yourself, you've been throwing some water on it and you've just been getting in the way. But I came to tell someone this morning that God would call you back to fire again. A life that is passionate and zealous after him. That this thing would be real and it would burn on the inside of you from the inside out. Anyone can catch on fire, but staying on fire is something different. And as your pastor, that's what I want to be known for. That's what I want to be known for. As a church, I, I remember I was talking to uh, Buddy, who's one of our, our board members, and we're good friends, and we hang out, and we go talk. He was telling me a story of old Pentecostal churches back in the day. I think it was Sister Yolanda's church. Old Pentecostal churches. And, and there'd be like 50, 60. Anybody grew up in those old Hispanic Pentecostal churches? Okay, like five people. Okay, cool. I should have asked that first service. I would have had more hands. <laughs> or Spanish service, next service. Old Pentecostal churches. And they would go in and, right, they got their pan dulce and their cafecito. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? If you're not Mexican, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's the pink box. Come on, guys. Come on, the pink box. We're in California, we know. And they'd go in, but they would worship and they would pray. They'd worship for hours, preaching, fire. And, and, I, and hearing stories, and, and I've heard this from other pastors as well, not just from Buddy, but from other people, where people in the city would call the fire department because they saw the building on fire. 
And then the fire department would show up and nothing was on fire. There wasn't a physical fire, but all fire, but all man was there a spiritual fire. What was happening was a bunch of people whose hearts were on fire for Jesus were gathering together and the fire got bigger and it got bigger and it was igniting. You know why you need church? Because you need to get around some people who are on fire. You know why you need a small group? You need to get around some people who are on fire. You know why you need to come and pray with us? Because you need to get around a place where the fire of God will be stoked in your heart. You know why we come on Sundays? So God can pour gasoline on the fire of our heart when we're running a little bit low. You know why we, fought, we go after Jesus in our home by ourselves? Because we need God to stoke the fire during the week in our lives and what happens when we come together the world sees that we're on fire family I want to be a church that doesn't have to advertise our fire but people come see it I can't tell you the stories of people driving by you might even be one of them where it's like I don't know why I should go to that church with the green sign I don't I drive by that every day going to work I know it's behind Target and I don't know I'm supposed to show up this morning and they show up they have no idea. Grandma's been praying for them for 20 years. And they come. I've heard it so many times already in the last year. And they come and we preach and we do some random response or altar call, whatever the heck God's doing in the room that day. And they're in the front and they're weeping because God got them. Because the church was on fire. Because we were able to give them the real thing. Because we were able to live in the real thing. And the challenge for you and I is that we would stay on fire. I want to make this last point. And then I'm going to ask a question. And I had a bunch of other notes, but forget it. We'll do it another time. I think God's going somewhere with this. One of the things that's significant that happens when you catch on fire is that individuals will stop to turn. And I think that's the word for this house this morning as I felt like God was asking me to speak into this the Bible says that when the burning bush happened when the burning bush took place Moses turned and noticed you want to know if you're on fire do people notice you're on fire it's that simple do people notice there's something different about you are you getting stopped randomly? Are people randomly asking you questions? Does your family notice something different about you? Because I believe that when the gospel hits and that gospel fire hits your soul and your heart and your mind, you can't help but be different. You can't help for God to do something different. I think God would ask our church the same thing. Would you let me make you different? Would you let me set you apart? Would you stop burning for the things that you're not supposed to be burning for? And would you stop burning for me again? I remember when I was younger, short story. And, and listen, I was a bad student growing up. I'm just going to be real. So if you're a teenager, don't, don't do what I do. Don't be like, well, Pastor Chris did this. So I'm, don't do that. Don't do that. So I love taking naps. I love sleeping. Like after today, I'm going to go home, like probably like around 1.30, and I'm going to be taking a nap. So don't text me because I'm not going to answer. I take naps all the time. I love taking naps. You know why? Because Jesus took naps. So I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Took a nap in the boat. I'm like, there you go. That's my scripture, man. And like, I don't take like 20 minute naps. Some of you, you're like, I take a nap, 20 minutes, you're back up. No, I die. Some of y'all, can you relate? I die. I go out for like three hours. My poor son's like, all right, see you tomorrow, dad. I nap, I nap hard. Why? Because one day you can't sleep when you get to heaven. So I'm just gonna do it all now. I'm gonna enjoy the gift of sleep in my life because when I get to heaven, there's no sleep. So I'm gonna rock it now. So, 
I'm in driver's ed class as a senior. I was supposed to do that as a freshman. That's embarrassing. I don't know how that happened. As a senior, I do what I always do. I fell asleep during class. Now, I didn't like fall asleep like kind of. I fell asleep like hand, drool, the whole thing. I'm out. I don't know why my teacher didn't wake me up. I don't think he cared. I'm out. I'm asleep. And it happened when I was about 17, 18. And I, I was in love with Jesus, though, as a teenager, man. I was intense. Sleeping. And then someone wakes me up. It's almost the end of class. Someone wakes me up. And, and it's this girl. And she's like, hey. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? What's going on? And she's like, are you that Christian kid? That's cool. That, was a, that, was a, that, was, that, that felt pretty good, right? I'm like, oh, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Sure, I'm that Christian kid, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm that Christian kid. Now I'm like, okay, I got to act holy because we're going to talk about Jesus and stuff. Okay, like get up, get up, get your face together. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm that Christian kid. She goes, I don't know why, but I've heard about you. And for the last 20 minutes as I've sat next to you, something's been happening inside me. And I'm feeling something. And I felt like something told me to tell you to tell me about Jesus. Tell me about God. Guys, I was taking a nap. But my heart was on fire. You want to know what happens when your heart's on fire? God will begin to send you people. And you'll begin to see God move in your life in a different way. God will begin to notice. People will begin to notice the fire that's on your life. People will begin to notice that you're not who you used to be. You're not struggling with the things you used to struggle with. You're not thinking the way you used to think. You're not acting the way you used to act. You're not doing the things you used to do. God begins to do some real things in your life. And why? Because God got your heart on fire. That God did something real in your life. And I came to tell you that in this church, I believe that's what God wants to do. God wants to send them. I believe that through these doors, we're going to see hundreds of drug addicts. We're going to see hundreds of prodigals. We're going to see hundreds of broken marriages. We're going to see hundreds of young people struggling with depression and anxiety we're going to see individuals who hate themselves and don't know what's going on with their life that are lost and broken your cousins your nephews your nieces your co-workers your neighbors and you know what's going to happen they're going to experience the fire of God they're going to experience a people who are in love with Jesus and that would love them into heaven that would show them who Jesus really is in their life that they're going to come close and they're going to notice what's different about you why should I go to your church because God did something real in my life there's a burning that's happened in my heart there's an experience that I had in my life that is different that changed me forever it's not me friend it's the fire of God in my life it's the fire of the Holy Ghost that transformed me from the inside out and family of God can get a kid that's 12 years old from East LA area burning for God for 18 years then God can do it in you if God can get Moses who's 80 years old who has a speech impediment who's killed a man who's been exiled then God can do it to you but I'm telling you the difference is not that they're special the difference is that they're on fire So my question to you this morning is what are you burning for? Because you're burning for something. I think the issue with us is not that we don't want to be on fire. The issue with us is we burn for the wrong thing. We are very quick to making idols, other gods. Are you burning to be popular? Are you burning for fame? Are you burning to be rich? 
Are you burning for a thing that you're insecure about in your life? What is the thing in your heart that you burn for? And is it Jesus? And if it's not Jesus, I feel like God's saying, come and let me show you what to burn for. Family, even in this church, I don't want to burn for growth. I don't want to burn for another building. I don't want to burn for just more random people. I don't, I don't want to burn for bigger stages. I, all those things are cool, but, but what I burn for is I want to burn for Jesus. Yeah. I want people who come to this house, when they walk through these doors, when they go to a small group, when they meet our people, when they're going to pick up backpacks on Saturday, what's so different about this place? What's so different about the people that I'm talking to? I can't even be near you and I'm feeling something different. Why? Because the fire of God is on our heart. Because the fire of God is burning in our life. Because we're so in love with Jesus. Nothing else matters except for Him. I want to call you to passion again. I want to call you to leave boredom and distraction and apathy and complacency again. I want to call you to something that's real and that's alive. I want to call you to something deeper and it's a man and his name is Jesus and he's the greatest thing that would ever happen to you and nothing in the world can compare to him and if you're struggling with things he can burn away all the addiction all the fear all the shame all the intimidation anything you're struggling with anything you're worried about watch God do it why because when you touch his fire you can't help but be different come on if you would believe me just give Jesus a shout in this room come on see I know there's some people who've experienced the fire come on who, who God's done something different where you were changed where something shifted and I believe this morning God would invite us to that fire once again do me a favor stand with your feet come on stand with me we're going to close right now but only you know what you're burning for I don't want to burn for something less than what God has for me I don't want to burn for an idol I don't want to burn for an insecurity I don't want to burn for a sin and a selfish goal. Jesus, I want to burn for you. God, I want to make this thing real. And if you're in this room and you're doubting it and you're questioning it, my challenge is give them a chance. Give them a chance. Because once that fire, once, once you touch that fire, my goodness, everything changes. Only you know if you're still burning. Only you know what you need God to do. Head bowed, eyes closed. Everybody in the house, lights off. You and Jesus, are you burning for the wrong thing? Have you given your life to something else other than Him? Because I'm telling you, He wants you to have all of Him. And if there's something that you need to get rid of, and if there's something that you need to get a hold of, again, which is the fire of God, you're like, I want that fire again. love you like I loved you. Sometimes the way forward is we got to take a step back. Sometimes God needs to draw something deep out of us again. What we used to burn for. How we used to burn for him. How he loved him. I want to do that, friends. I want to burn for Jesus like never before. And so if that's you and you would say in this room, man, I need the fire of God again in my life. I need the fire of the Holy Spirit. I need the fire of the Holy Ghost. I need a passion and a burning once again. I need to burn for Jesus. I want to burn for Jesus. I want to take it to another level. I want to go deeper with Him. I want the fire of God in my life again. Do me a favor. Meet me in the front right now. Come on, all over the room. We're not going to do a one, two, three. It's up to you and Jesus. Meet me in the front. 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 This isn't getting saved again. This is you and God. And why, do we, why am I going to have you come to the front? We have this thing up here called an altar. And in the Bible... 
that's on purpose we call it an altar because the fire of God would meet at the altar come on keep coming keep coming make room keep coming spread out yeah there's so much room come on keep coming keep coming keep coming keep coming some of you you know you need to come up why do we have you come up doesn't mean God can't hit you in the back row than the front but you need to take the moment seriously and step out sometimes action creates decision does that make sense it's you saying yep God I'm taking this seriously I'm not messing around no more I need your fire again I'm tired I'm tired of the dryness I'm tired of the wishy-washiness I'm tired of the lukewarmness God I want your fire again I want to burn for you again. I know you're real. Or Jesus, I've never, I've never experienced your fire, but if that pastor, what he's saying is true, I'll give you a shot. I'll try it. Let's see if you would meet me. And I would believe in faith today that God would meet you where you're at. Pastors, if you're here, come help me pray for people. Just begin to lay hands all over the room. Let's lift up our hands right now as a sign of surrender to Jesus, especially if you're in the front. We lift up our hands as to say, God, we're here. So Come on, if you're in the room and you know how to pray in the Spirit, we're a church that does that. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to light yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Let him consume you. Fire. Once again, thank you so much for joining in and listening to the message brought to our house this past Sunday. We love you, and we pray you have a blessed day and blessed week.